I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoos 24-7, and we're looking ahead for Virginia's game against Pittsburgh on Saturday. It's another noon kickoff. The last one at home is going to be noon. Coast Carolina is coming in next week, and it will be finally a 3.30 p.m. kickoff, not noon. I'm excited for it. I know a lot of people are excited to have finally a late kickoff happening in Charlottesville. But obviously, we are focusing on Pitt this week. And in the second half of the show, we actually invited um, our 24-7 writer, Edward O'Brien, who does a good job covering Pittsburgh. So he'll be on the show to kind of break down what the Panthers um, bring to the table, especially after that big win against Syracuse over the weekend. Pitt's had a up-and-down season, really. Um, You know, they did beat Syracuse, but they also lost to Georgia Tech. So they certainly have not had a consistent season. So, but they are coming into Charlottesville winning um, against a big opponent, Syracuse. Granted, they had a backup quarterback and Carlos Del Rio under center. But again, that's still a big win. So we're going to note a little bit more about Pitt after the break. But before we kind of get going, we spoke to Virginia head coach Tony Elliott, obviously on Tuesday during his normal media availability. And obviously the big thing that he discussed was the injuries. Virginia got hit by the injury bug coming into this game. And it's what you kind of expect when you you're getting here towards the end of the season. A lot of the guys are banged up. Um, and it just happens that most of the injuries are happening at the wide receiver position. Last Saturday, uh, prior to the game around Friday night, we started hearing rumblings that Virginia's wide receiver core, um, got hit by injuries. And on Wahoo's 24 seven, a little bit before, uh, before the game started, while I was already on grounds, we, we reported that we thought that the wide receivers were banged up and we weren't sure if they were going to be ready to go. If they were, there was going to be very limited snaps. At the end of the day, Duntavian Wicks, Lavelle Davis, and Keaton Thompson did not feature, and they left uh, Sean Wilson and Dameek Starlings get most of those reps with Ethan Davies also stepping up there at that position. It was good to see Sean Wilson step up. I thought he uh, shows some showed flashes that what type of future he can have for the Calaviliers, and also Malachi Fields. He was back on the field. He didn't play, but he was part of the pregame warmups. We had heard he was ahead of schedule, but we weren't sure. Like I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play before the end of the season, but we had heard rumblings that he was already practicing. Um, It looks like, according to Elliot, that Fields could see some playing time before the end of the season. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of snaps, maybe 15 to 20 plays here or there. But it's certainly one to watch considering there's only three games remaining. So that means that he is going to be able to keep that redshirt too. 
even though he plays. So that's something to watch out for too. And obviously we'll, we'll talk about the redshirt situation here in a minute when it comes to the first years, but other injuries, again, we talked about the wide receivers. They're still day to day. Keaton Thompson is the most likely receiver that's going to be available to play. Dontavian Wicks is one that might have more long-term injury issue because he has a bruised bone. So that's kind of in flux while Lavelle Davis was going through concussion protocol. So again, he is day to day and, um, but he supposedly was back at practice. So again, Lavelle Davis is day to day. Keaton Thompson day to day, most likely he will return. And then Dontavian Wicks is the one that's the least likely to return, but still has that day to day status. And then you have running back Paris Jones, who's dealing with an anchor injury. He's also questionable. Uh, Tony Elliott also mentioned kind of day to day, but with him, if he has an ankle injury, you don't want to push it for especially a running back when uh, you're going to take that much load, that much wraps. So it's very unlikely that he will play if he's still dealing with that ankle injury and hasn't practiced, which he hadn't at last check. Um, so if he hasn't had much practice reps and he hasn't had um, an ability to really work on his conditioning heading into a game, it's really unlikely that Paris Jones will play. So that's one to watch as well. Defensively, we didn't see Ben Smiley on the field uh, last week against UNC. We saw Paul Akiri actually work outside and inside, which actually uh, was nice to see because he is so versatile, which is the reason why they recruited him in the first place. But he was working inside and out, and it looks like um, Ben Smiley was also going through concussion protocol, which is why he did not play against UNC. And then Josh Ahern is the other injury that they're monitoring. He has a hamstring injury, injury so they don't want to rush him. Um, it's about trying to control the, how many reps he gets as well. You don't want to rush a hamstring injury and just make it worse. So that's why James Jackson's took. So that's all the injury news coming into the game for Virginia. We have heard a couple other players are a little banged up. Um, Starling is one of those. So we're keeping an eye on that as the game comes closer. Tony Elliott knows the challenges that this Pittsburgh defensive line will be when they come to Charlottesville on Saturday, you know, he compared them more to what Miami brought to the table, their physicality and what they can bring in the trenches. So he knows that that's going to be the key to a victory on Saturday is how his O-line handles this defensive line. He said, rather than in the UNC game, those guys are more multiple. When you look at the defensive line for Pitt, again, they're more physical um, the way they they penetrate. So he's looking for his offensive line to really step up. The good thing for the Hoos is that the offensive line actually, I think, had one of its best run blocking games against UNC. And again, you always have to compare it to what competition they face. And again, like I said in my recap, UNC's game, they had a couple defensive linemen missing, but it was still the, probably the best run blocking game that Virginia has had. Again, Jonathan Leach graded well, graded the best. According to Pro Football Focus, you had Ty Furnish grading one of its best. Then you had uh, Noah Josie doing well, grading well. You had Logan Taylor grading well. So again, overall, the offensive line did its job against UNC. And it, and honestly, with all the injuries that that line has faced, they're, they're gelling a little bit more. Now, there's still question marks on if John Paul Flores will be available. He was dressed on the sidelines, but he did not have any snaps against UNC. So that's something to monitor. And actually it's been interesting that they have not gone to justice Johnson in the last two games under center. It's been mostly high furnish at that position, but they have, the staff has really liked 
where the O-line has coming from. Would they want the O-line to be further along? Of course they would, but they, you know, I think because Des Kitching's jokes, like he's never had so many different O-linemen out at certain points or not practicing together at certain points. So they've really had to kind of shuffle that group along considering that, you know, Mikhail Boley was hurt. Noah Josie was hurt. So as far as keys to the game, it's going to be in the trenches as it always is in college football. It's going to be UVA's O-line versus that physical pit D-line. And we're just going to take a quick little break here. After the break, we're going to invite Ed O'Brien to the show. He's going to talk about the Pittsburgh Panthers. And we're also going to touch on red shirts. This is a big conversation with three games remaining. You want to see which freshmen can still take a few game snaps here and there so they can get experience, but also you don't want to burn a red shirt at this junction if you don't have to. So we'll take a look at which freshmen still have possibilities of a red shirt. So we'll be back in just a few seconds. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Frenchley for Wahoo's 24-7. And as you can see, we have a special guest, Edward O'Brien. He does everything on the 24-7 side as far as the Pittsburgh Panthers. And he's going to let us know what is going on with that Pitt program that seems to have its ups and downs this year. Ed, you know, there's times where I think I know this Pitt team, and then they go ahead and beat Syracuse mm-hmm. last weekend. What was the difference in that game against the Orange for this team? The di- the difference, I think the big difference is definitely uh, one on the defensive end, a uh, defensive side of football. Pitt was able to finally get some pressure on the quarterback, um, something the Panthers were known for the past at least two to four seasons. This year, not so much. So this is probably the first game that I've seen where Pitt was able to get a lot of pressure on a quarterback. Um, and even though it was the second string quarterback, they were able to harass the quarterback all day and get that pressure and got great coverage and just got for the first time, four quarters of uh, good uh, defense from their team. When you see this defense, what kind of stands out about them? Uh, first, the linebacker play, especially starting with Servassier Dennis. Um, he's definitely the leader of the linebacker unit and the defense in general and has played it like as one of the top players defensively in the nation. So 
It's been the linebackers that have played well, and the secondary, for the most part, has been great in coverage, especially in one-on-one situations. Now, there's been a few games where they've, you know, let some big plays happen, and that's cost pit some games. But for the most part, I would say definitely the last game, again, both, like, all three all three lines of defense, of the defense played well. The defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary he got pressure, he got coverage, and he had linebackers flying over the football, so that stood out. Yeah, they definitely did a good job against Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker was defended really well in that game against Q's. And on the flip side, actually, Pitt was able to run the ball, although Israel Abinkanda wasn't playing against Syracuse. How have you seen the run game kind of develop for Pitt? It's 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 been actually it's been a great development. Initially, you know, of course, Abana Canada didn't play last week, you know, through the injuries, but Rodney Hammond stepped in. It was like, you know, they didn't miss a beat at all. And the thing about that is, you know, in the beginning of the year, it was considered that, you know, Izzy and, and uh, Rodney Hammond would both be sharing carries. And at one point, you know, at least during the first part of the uh, West Virginia game, Hammond definitely had the better game. And, you know, unfortunately, he was injured, um, you know, in the first game and missed several games. So um, the C-pitch running game um, develop over the past, you know, several weeks has been great to see, especially when it was a pass-heavy offense last year. And now it's back to his identity with Abanacanda. And, you know, from a personal standpoint, he's definitely been better than than expected. And I think Pitt has done a great job of the running game, despite the injuries to Rodney Hammond, who can also easily be a starter for Pitt as well. So is there an update on Abanacanda? Is he slated to play for Virginia? Uh, what's the latest there? I'll be honest with you, Coach, Coach Narduzzi keeps those things close to the vest, so I, I haven't been able to get enough information to uh, give a good answer on that, unfortunately. Um, and they always do, plays, right? But, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You already know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Virginia is still day-to-day with a lot of their starting wide receivers, so I, I get it. I get it. Um, when you look <laughs> at this pit offense from this year obviously last year everyone knows that they you know they were gonna pass they they obviously had talent under center and talent at wide receiver how have they adjusted missing those two stars on the offensive side of the ball what's different well there's there's definitely not the high volume of passes per game anymore um they definitely have reverted back to again what's been their identity running the football and part of that is because, you know, obviously, you know, Kenny Pickett's not there anymore. And I think the maybe the bigger problem to an extent is the fact that there's not a lot of deep threats. Like, they, you're never going to replace the Jordan Anderson. So, you, you know, you want to, I guess, have at least, you know, two or three receivers that can, you know, do some type of damage downfield. But unfortunately, from what I've seen, Pitt doesn't have that deep threat as they did last year with Jordan Anderson. So... You know, you might see that in the passing numbers, especially the passing numbers per game. And, you know, look at the the, the yardage totals, totals for the pit wide receivers. You know, it's definitely not the same as last year. Jared Wayne has been the most consistent, but they don't have that consistent uh, downfield threat like they did last year with Addison. It's, it's definitely uh, different in that regard. So finally, I'm going to put you in a little bit in the spot here. I'm sorry. I do this to everybody who comes on the show reporting on a different team. What is your prediction for this game? And what would you think is the keys for a pit victory on Saturday? On Saturday? 
the keys to a pit victory, and I guess I seem to talk about this every week, but I, I definitely established in the running game, and not so much just run the football every single play, but I, I guess to have that balance, maybe 60-40, you know, mostly running, I would say timely pass, and, you know, in the past several games, they haven't thrown the football a whole lot, and that's because they really haven't needed to just get timely passing plays. So I'm, I'm going to say a balance, a balance offensive, offensive attack. And from a defensive standpoint, I do believe, you know, they're not going to stop Brennan Armstrong, but, you know, maybe contain him and stop him from making, you know, those those scrambles where he gets, you know, the first downs or those big pass plays to his wide receivers. So I think people also have to be disciplined in the secondary and win those one-on-one battles on the outside because I, I do know Virginia has a few talented wide receivers, and I'm pretty sure Brennan Armstrong is going to take some shots downfield. So I think that will also be a key as well. And what's your prediction? Oh, and I'll answer your question. <laughs> prediction? <laughs> you know what? I'm not uh, letting you I, escape I, that gonna, one. <laughs> you know what? I, I wanna, uh, I'm going to go with Pitt in a close, in a close uh, road victory. All right. Are you, are you, I'm guessing low-scoring game. Is is probably on the cards. Low game. That's 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 what I'm thinking. Um, if we if we talk about a score, eh, twenty. I say twenty four seventeen. Seems previous. Both of these defenses uh, have uh, have done well, and uh, Virginia is uh, definitely uh, coming out from a strong game. So thank you so much, Edward, for uh, coming on the show. No problem at all, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So thanks again for Ed for joining us on the show. Again, it's always nice to hear uh, the other team's perspective prior to the game. And like I said, before the break, we're going to talk about red shirts because that's a big, big thing. You want to make sure that you don't burn too many red shirts if you don't have to. Right now, if you look at what Virginia has done with their reps and which freshman has played, obviously Xavier Brown, he no longer has a red shirt. He's had quite a few games under his belt as a Virginia Cavalier and he's getting some first team reps. Now, Mikhail Boley also has used up his red shirt. So he's another one that will not have a red shirt moving forward. Sean Wilson has also used up his red shirt. So he's another one that will obviously not have a retro move forward. And then Will Betridge is also one. He's a starting place kicker. So those are your main guys that will not redshirt. Now, Houston Curry is one that's been on the depth chart and has been available, but they haven't wanting to burn a red shirt. So he's still available in that in that way. So he doesn't have to use a retro. Oh, and I also forgot Stevie Bracey. Stevie Bracey has been participating in games on other special teams and now at linebacker as well. So he also will not have a red shirt. So the other guys that are here as first years, Carson Gay has had some game reps, but he will also be able to redshirt. Trey McDonald, he was one that they really want him to redshirt. They're really excited about his potential. He will redshirt. Um, all the other guys in that class all are expected to redshirt all the offensive linemen like Noah Demerit, um, all Dawson Alters, all those guys are expected to redshirt. Terrell Jones, another one expected to redshirt. So apart from those guys that you've seen week in, week out, like Xavier Bound, Will Betridge, uh, Mikhail Bowley prior to his injury, all those guys are the ones that have burned that redshirt and are not expected to obviously have the redshirt after this year. So that is your freshman report. On where things stand, I don't expect anyone else to, if injuries allow, I don't expect like Houston Curry or anyone else to uh, burn their rushers since there's only three games remaining. And this is a point of season. If Virginia wins three games in a row and still makes it a bowl game, all these freshmen that have not had a game 
uh, like Houston Curry, will still be able to play and have experience and still play in each of the last four games if they make it to a bowl game. So um, so that is your red shirt report. And I guess I didn't actually give you my prediction. Now, did I? I didn't give my prediction for this game. Um, this was a tough one. I'm going to be brutally honest. Uh, this is one that I wasn't confident in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, obviously, you guys... I like last week, I thought UNC was going to be more in charge of the game than they were. So it was a pleasant surprise when Virginia kept it close and honestly had a chance to win it. I think this game is another winnable game. I think it wouldn't surprise me that Virginia would beat Pitt. I still think Pitt might edge out Virginia. Although again, honestly, I think Virginia can win this game, but I think Pitt's physicality up front is going to secure them when Virginia hasn't done well with ultra physical defensive fronts. Um, we've seen that several times this season. That's been their Achilles heel. So that's why I'm picking Virginia, uh, picking Pitt over Virginia. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. I don't think this is going to be quite what we saw against UNC. So I think Pitt will win against Virginia in a low scoring game. Well, thanks again for listening to the podcast. And again, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe. To wherever you listen to your podcast and also on YouTube, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the channel, click on the bell so that you're notified whenever there's a new video and also like this video so it helps our algorithm and helps us grow the channel a lot more moving forward. As far as what's next for the podcast and on Wahoo's 24-7, well, on Friday, I am expecting a basketball-focused episode to be posted on Friday. And then we will have a recruiting preview of which visitors will be on grounds for this game against Pitt on Wahoo's 24-7. And with that, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and we'll be right back here on Friday.